calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Drabblecast, episode 78. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Well, this week's show is coming at you a little early because it's a crazy week coming up, and I know if I don't get her done now, then, well, it probably won't get done at all. The craziness is due to a couple things. Hurricanes blowing trees across my yard, being on the road a lot, and then Dragon Con coming up this weekend. Last year was my first year at DragonCon, and I found myself scrambling around and trying to do too much. This year, Kendall and Luke are coming with me, and we're just planning on having a good time. I mentioned last week that we plan on getting together with any listeners who want to hang out, probably for lunch on Saturday. Shoot us an email at drabblecast at yahoo.com if you're interested, and we'll trade cell phone numbers and hook that up. We've got some pretty cool Drabblecast t-shirts made up by artist Bo Kyer of Super Animal Deathmatch Notoriety, and we plan on giving those out to whoever wants to hang out with us. Please hang out with us. We'll give you a free shirt. Pathetic, I know, but what the hell. But here's the fun deal. We're doing a Dragon Con photo scavenger hunt. We're giving away two free tickets to next year's Dragon Con and a free Norm Sherman CD, for whatever that's worth, to the first person to post photos on our forum of the following three things. A picture of you giving a lollipop to a stormtrooper. A picture of you arm wrestling a goth chick and a picture of you doing an obscure and creative gang symbol with a Drabblecast editor. Shouldn't be too hard, considering there's usually a lot of stormtroopers, goth chicks, and Norm Shermans wandering around these things. And we're for real. The first person to post these three pictures in our forums under the DragonCon Pandemonium Zone will get two tickets next year's DragonCon, and one of my CDs, which you can politely decline if you hate me. 
So in the spirit of geeky festivities, we bring you a special story and a bartle about, well, cons. Our story is called Panel Discussion, and it's written by Mark P. Moorhead. When not writing, Mark works as a principal engineer on the National Polar Orbiting Operational Environmental Satellite System, the bleeding edge of environmental science. Worth checking out if you're into that sort of thing. We've got a link in our show notes. So without further ado, Panel Discussion by Mark P. Moorhead. The cons scheduled me in a panel at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. The morning after all the big parties, when people are still passed out, sleeping it off, or thinking about the trip home. Sure, I was flattered to be on a panel, but what fun would it be if no one showed up but the panelists? I'd done a few panels before, and they were great fun. I got to meet other authors and hear their ideas on things. Even better, I got to meet some fans, though it (laughs) still surprised me to have any. And I could talk to them and hear what they were really excited about. I arrived early to find an empty conference room with a sad line of folding chairs waiting alone on a little stage, facing row after row of chairs where the audience would sit. Pulling off my jacket, I let the doors close behind me and walked up to the stage. I settled in, picking a chair on the far left side. The MC came in first, a bushy-haired kid who seemed thrilled to be there. He vigorously shook my hand and said nice things about my work, then left me while he checked the sound system and put out water bottles for everyone. A few minutes later, the first few fans drifted in. The other two panelists that morning were Jenny and Matt. Jenny drifted in first, stopping to chat with a couple fans she had met before. She wrote urban fantasy, the stuff with all the vampires and werewolves. Matt stumbled in at the last minute, and the kid emceeing the panelists escorted him quickly to the little stage. Matt wrote Military SF, more my style. As for me, well, I hadn't really found my niche yet. By the time we started, an audience of about two dozen had filtered in and spread out in the dark room. Not bad for a Sunday morning. After the introductions, each of us talked for a few, then we opened it up for Q&A. That's about when things went terribly, terribly wrong. We had a few questions about our work, about future projects, the usual stuff. Most of these were directed at Jenny, who seemed to be the most popular among this group. It was going fine until a large man in an anime t-shirt stood up and addressed a question to me. So where exactly do you get your ideas? I hesitated, trying to think of a way to deflect the question without really getting into it, and all I could think of was, Sheboygan? After a few seconds, I said... Uh, I get my ideas from thinking about things. Like what, pray tell? Well, you know, like, like this panel. He looked confused and glanced around as if he thought some overlooked detail of the conference room would explain my answer. Really? How could you get an idea from this? Well, I would just change it up a little bit. Still confused, he said, I'm sorry, I just don't see how you can get science fiction out of this. I glanced at Jenny and Matt, hoping one of them would step in, derail this before it got completely out of hand. Jenny grinned at me, suppressing a giggle. Matt crossed his arms and sat back, waiting for the fireworks. I took a deep breath and let it out slowly. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'd ask myself, what if aliens showed up? 
aliens. That, sir, does not sound very exciting. Matt cut in. Okay, you want a little excitement? What about if they're cannibals? Ouch, he's good. Right, they're cannibals, and sharing food is their traditional greeting. We don't want to be rude, so so we have to offer them something to eat, like, like one of us. Exciting enough for you? At this point, everyone in the audience was paying attention, except for one dejected teenage girl in the back. She hadn't said a word the whole time, and from the glow on her face, I figured she was texting someone or surfing the internet back there. The big guy raised his hand again. So then, who would you choose? He sounded gravely serious, and hearing his concern, I felt an unexpected wave of trepidation. Well, not you. No offense. Yeah, but who, then? Which one of us would you feed them to? Jenny cut in. None of you. I turned to her. Well, now, now hold on a minute. You're saying you'd give up a seat on the Galactic Council, possibility of faster-than-light travel, transporters, free energy, and maybe even nearly eternal life, just because you're too squeamish to feed someone to an alien? Of course. Life is sacred. We can't just give in because they have a few shiny toys. Yeah, but they might consider it an affront to their society, proof that we're not enlightened enough to join them among the stars. I mean, they've come hundreds of light years just to introduce us to galactic civilization, and if we don't respect their culture, it could start a war. Is that really what you want? She laughed. (laughs) Sure, I, I guess that's the whole point. We make the story exciting. We refuse. The aliens are insulted, and in hours the human race is in a fight for its life against these super-powerful flesh-eaters. That could be a movie. I'm surprised it isn't already. Make the story exciting. (laughs) Apparently Jenny didn't know just how serious the situation had become. What about you, Matt? You want to fight an intergalactic civilization just to save one person? Matt shook his head. (laughs) No way, man. I'd toss him one of my fans. Jenny scowled. So you think your life is more valuable than that of one of your fans? Well, uh, no, I I guess not. It's just that the aliens obviously chose to make contact with us, the science fiction writers. You see, we have a solid grasp of human nature, and, and we're more likely to understand and accept the aliens and intergalactic society as a whole. There aren't any mundanes here, so uh, we'd have to toss them a fan. Yes, but who asked the big guy. Jenny shot me a dangerous look, clearly thinking we'd taken this a bit too far, but I pressed ahead anyway. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I guess that girl in the back, I think. Well, come on. She hasn't contributed anything to the panel. She hasn't even said a single word. She's just back there texting and... You're sick, hissed Jenny. Before I could retort, the room filled with light. When my eyes cleared, three beings stood in the front aisle, near the emergency exit. They looked something like octopuses, though less rubbery, and wore bright-colored clothes and heavy-duty life-support pods. A fourth alien lay on a stainless steel cart. It had no clothes, no life-support pod, and it smelled... delicious. In the back of the room, the quiet girl looked up all color draining from her face. Well, that was our story. Hope you liked it. Hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Well, to me at least. So, Bartle time. Bartles are songs that I write dedicated to and based on an idea proposed by someone who's made a generous contribution to the Drabblecast. 
This Bartle is written for Diane Elliott. Diane says people call her a cougar because she's 48 and her husband's 26. And from some other stuff she told me, she sounds like a crazy and fun individual who loves to go to cons. So yeah, cougar at the con, hard rock style. Hope you like it. Oh, and if you do, I always use this opportunity to shamelessly plug my own CD, which you can get at my crappy, perpetually under-construction website, www.normsherman.com. This show and this song are released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you can share it with anybody you like, you just can't change it or sell it. You can find the song by itself in the MP3 warehouse, which is linked off our main page at www.drabblecast.org. And there you can also find two donation buttons if you like what we're doing. You can help us out by donating once or subscribing for $5 a month. That's all for this week. Our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you to contribute to discussion. Yeah, there's a cougar at the con 
With hardly any costume on I think it's Wonder Woman's mom But she's got it going on Yeah, there's a cougar at the con Yeah, there's a cougar at the con I think she's wearing Zena Star She wants a party on that lawn So everybody come on Yeah, there's a cougar at the con Yeah, there's a cougar at the con Yeah Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.